Hello listeners, thank you once again for tuning in. So happy to have you here, it's a blessing, it's an honor, it's a privilege. Um, today, <laughs> we are going to talk about afflicted to grow. Now, the word affliction or afflict or afflicted is not a pleasant word not something we want to hear, not something we want to go through, not anything or something that we want our loved ones to go through, or even just being human. It's just hopefully we have enough compassion and mercy in us to and love to not want any human being to be afflicted, to go through affliction. So today we're going to talk about afflicted to grow. God bless you for being here. Uh, I ask God for wisdom, insight, awareness, and understanding to deliver this podcast. I hope I am able to hear him enough to pass on whatever it is that he wants you to hear. Whatever encouragement, whatever grace, whatever power, whatever strength, whatever wisdom that God wants you to get from this podcast. I pray that it is so, in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, take over me, take over my mouth, take over my being, speak to God's children, speak to his creation. May they find purpose from this message, in Jesus' name. In Psalm 34, verse 19, it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So the afflictions are many, no question. We will go through afflictions. Afflictions will come. But we have a promise that the Lord, it says, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. God will deliver you out of all your afflictions. Right now, I know it doesn't feel that way. Right now, I know it doesn't seem that way. Right now, you're wondering, what is she talking about? Does she have any idea? Does she have a clue of what I'm going through? Please take this from someone who has been through many afflictions, is going through afflictions, and I know that not to speak negatively over my life, but there will be challenges in the future. But I also know what the scripture is talking about when it says, but the Lord delivers him, delivers her out of them all. When I say to you, the Lord will deliver you out of them all, I really mean it. When the Bible says to you, God will deliver him out of them all, he really means it. And that's Psalm 34, verse 19. So the afflictions are many, and you're feeling bombarded from all sides. You're feeling the pain. You're feeling the agony. Affliction, other words for affliction or synonyms for affliction are agony, anguish, distress, excruciation, hurt, misery, pain, grief, sorrow, heartbreak, woe, torment, sadness, oppression, unhappiness, wretchedness, despair, gloom, all 
a meanings of affliction. So if you're going through agony right now, if you're going through anguish, if you're going through distress, if you're going through something excruciating, if you're going through hurt, misery, pain, grief, sorrow, heartbreak, woe, torment, sadness, oppression, unhappiness, wretchedness, despair, and gloom, you are under affliction. You're going through some affliction or the other, and it hurts. And it's no joke. It's not easy. It's a very difficult thing to go through. In 2 Corinthians 12, 19, it says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. He says, My grace is sufficient for you. So you who are listening today, my brother, my sister, he says, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. You're feeling weak right now. You're feeling lost. You might be feeling suicidal. You, you don't, you're confused. You're in agony. You're in misery. You're in pain. But God says it is in those moments that my power is made perfect in you. It is in those times that my, my grace is made perfect in you. It is in those times that my strength is made perfect in you. So hang in there my brother, my sister, God has not forgotten about you. He sees and he knows the affliction. And so you wonder, well, Sonia, if he sees and he knows the affliction, then why is it happening? Why is it going on? You're being afflicted to grow. It's difficult to say that to you because then, you know, the question becomes, well, why would God allow this to happen? Why does it have to be this way? Why should I go through this? Romans 8, Chapter 8, verse 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed. You're being processed for a glory that is to be revealed. You're, be, you're going through the fire. You're being refined for the glory that is to be revealed. No one has seen you yet. You, even you have not seen yourself yet. The purpose of God that lies within you the eternity of God that is in your heart, only he knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. He, Jesus, is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is not going to allow you to be destroyed in that affliction. But he's, he's going to provide you grace. He's going to provide you grace that is going to be sufficient for you to go through this fire, to go through this refining. And it hurts because in this human flesh, with this human heart, it's agonizing. But spiritually, what is happening is that you're growing, you're being refined. And even you haven't seen your glorious self yet. Even you don't understand yet the kind of power that you carry, the kind of gifts and talents that you carry. Maybe you think, you know, perhaps someone has told you some one way or the other at some point or the other. But no, you don't know. Because it is so great. It is so powerful. It is, it can be, it, it is so spiritual that the physical, the flesh cannot comprehend it. And so as you go through these afflictions, as you go through this fire, that you grow, and he's growing you and growing you and growing you spiritually. And it'll come out, it'll show in the physical. So be patient in your affliction. Be patient, hold on, grow in your affliction. In 2 Corinthians Chapter 4, verse 17. It says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us 
an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight. So this that we're going through right now, this agony, this anguish, this pain, this heartbreak, this sadness, this unhappiness, this despair, this gloom that we're going through right now, this torment, this oppression, this excruciating pain, this distress, this anguish that we're going through right now, it's, it's, for, it's, it's, for, it's for but a moment. It is an affliction. Yes, there's no denial, but it's for a moment. And it's preparing us for an eternal weight of glory, for us to be able to carry that weight, for us to be able to carry who we really are, to become who we really are. We have to be prepared. And so if you take your eyes off your anguish as God punishing you, as people hating you as this tragedy that has happened to you. Uh, if you take your eyes off of the, 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 the misery and the pain and you begin to look at your mistakes or your guilt or your shame or what people have said about you or how you think what you feel about yourself and how low you feel and how ashamed and how badly you think about yourself or how badly people think about you or how you could have done it this way and then this would have happened and then that, all of that. If you take your mind off that and look up from whence cometh our help, it comes from the author and the finisher of our faith, and you look into eternity, look at things beyond your humanity, look at things beyond your emotion, and begin to look at things from the eyes of God, that this affliction that you're going through is just for a moment. It is to help you grow, to become who you really, really are to begin to see yourself how God really sees you. But it has to be a process. You have to be processed. So it's a light, momentary affliction that is preparing us for an eternal weight. We can't carry the weight of eternal glory as we are right now. It's not possible. And so God has to transform and transcend us in His own way, in His own wisdom because of the glory that is beyond all comparison. It is beyond comparison. Nothing can compare to it. And so it doesn't come cheap. And so it doesn't come with human wisdom. And so it, and so it doesn't come with human emotions. It is beyond comparison. So God is listening. God is watching. He has not left you alone. He has not left me alone. He has not left us alone. Psalm 22 verse 26 says, For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but he has heard when he cried to him. He has heard you when you cried to him. He has heard me when I cried to him. He has not despised. In other words, he has not forsaken. He has not turned away from us. Or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. He's not disgusted by our affliction. He's not ashamed of us. He's not going to leave us alone. He's not going to leave us in it and walk in it and, and tell us and walk away and tell us to, well, you figure it out yourself. And he has not hidden his face from him. He has not hidden his face from the afflicted. 
He says, but has heard when he cried to him. God has heard you. Just hang in there. Hold on. Because this affliction is building you. It's transforming you so that you get to a point where you are capable of handling the weight of eternal glory so that you can walk in its wisdom, you can walk in its power, you can walk in its mercy, you can walk in its compassion, you can walk in its unconditional love. So hang in there. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Trials of various kinds, all kinds, all sorts and shapes and forms and types of trials. It will happen. It says, but for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. It says, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So hold on and let steadfastness have its full effect that you that I may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. We don't want to lack the eternal glory. We don't want to lack the weight of the eternal glory. We need the weight of the eternal glory. We need glory. But we also have to be able to carry the glory. And so we become afflicted so that we can grow, so that we can carry the glory. You can't put eternal things in regular things, in in, in normal things. (laughs) Eternal glory is not normal, it's supernatural. We want to walk in the supernatural, right? We want to know supernatural things. Well, then we have to be refined. We have to go through the fire. And we have to remain steadfast. Why? So that we may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Your affliction is not, it's not here to make you run away from God. It's not here to make you go another direction. It's to bring you closer to Him. It's to draw you nearer. God has to have your attention. Why? So that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing and carrying Empowered to carry the eternal weight of glory. Be steadfast. Other words for steadfast are unflinching, resolute, unwavering, unswerving. Don't allow anything to make you waver from God. Don't allow anything to make you flinch, to stop you. Be unswerving. Don't swerve away. Don't try to find other means to get rid of this affliction. Look up to God. There's a reason for the affliction. Somehow it came into your life. And God knows the source. And because he knows the source and the root of it, he knows how to get rid of it. He knows how to walk you through it. But allow him to do it in his own way, in his own wisdom. Because when you allow him to do it, then you come out complete lacking nothing. When you use your own wisdom or the wisdom of man to come out of the affliction, more affliction will come upon you. Because now you have to figure it out. After you figure this out, 
Then you got to figure that out. Then you got to fi- just leave God to do it. Just lay before him. The Bible says when we put something before him, he establishes us. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So go before him in your affliction. Go before him in the things you desire. Go before him with the things that you want. And then let him, according to his wisdom, according to his will for your life, according to his purpose, plan, and agenda for, his, for your life, let him take care of it and make you complete so that you lack nothing. Right? Why do we do this? Why do we go to him? Why Jesus? Why the Holy Spirit? Why God? Why am I saying take it to him? In your affliction, lay before him. Let your requests be known to him. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. So first of all, if you're listening to this and you don't love God, please change that. Please change that. Let your heart, your spirit, your soul, your mind, your body love God. And what happens is that all things work together for good. Your calling as you turn to God, as you love him, becomes known to you. His purpose becomes known to you. And all things work together for those, for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. What is his purpose for you? Why are you going through this affliction? What is a supernatural, what is a spiritual message that this affliction that you are going through right now, or these various types of afflictions that you're going through right now, what is the message in them? Is it fun? No. Is it funny? No. Is it painful? Yes. But what is the message? Is there a message? Is there a lesson? Put your emotions aside and find out. It's, so discover your purpose. Discover God's blueprint. Discover God's mess, uh, uh, plan for your life and his agenda. In James chapter 5, verse 11, he says, Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. Remember, steadfast means unflinching. Resolute, unwavering, unswerving. Remain unswerving, remain unflinching in your agony, in your pain, in your distress, in your oppression. Remain unflinching. It says, You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. God is compassionate, God is merciful. Actually, the reason you're going through, the, through these afflictions because he loves you so much. He's trying to get your attention. He's trying to get you to grow. He's trying to make sure that after these afflictions, right, that you will come out lacking nothing, that you will be complete. And you will know that you're complete. You'll feel it. There's a type of peace that comes with God's completion, with God's wholeness. In John 16, 33, he says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. 
In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You know, if when you read Exodus chapter 1, when the, the Egyptians were oppressing the Israelites, it says, but the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly, increased in numbers, and became so numerous that the land was filled with them, that the land being Egypt. And of course, the, um, the, pharaohs, the pharaoh became very nervous. He became very scared. He said, come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. So the, the, the Pharaoh got scared and called his, his, his um, inner, inner, inner circle and said, we got to do something about these people. And remember, these are people that they enslaved. So they further enslaved them. The Bible says, again, Exodus chapter 1, so they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor, and they built Python and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, <laughs> the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. So that thing that is afflicting you right now is there to help you grow, my brother, my sister. It says that the more that they oppressed them, the more they multiplied, the more they spread. Draw strength from your affliction. Draw strength from your affliction and grow. It says they worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. Remember the scriptures we read, various types of affliction. And here it says with all kinds of work in the fields, in all, in, in all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. No matter how harsh they harshly they enslaved them, no matter how harshly they were or how harsh they were to the Israelites, the Egyptians always found another way to be even more ruthless, systematically ruthless, systematically oppressing, systematically causing agony and pain. To the point where the king, the, 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 the pharaoh, went to the Hebrew midwives and he said, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. If it is a girl, let her live. He says, the midwives, however, feared God. You see, they were afflicted. They knew Pharaoh and his men were ruthless, but they risked their lives. And in their affliction, they continued to fear God. He says, and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. They didn't kill the boys. The order had come from, from Pharaoh himself or from the king of Egypt. But the midwives were unwavering. They were unswerving. They were unflinching. And even though Pharaoh had given his decree, the Bible says that these, these midwives, they allowed the boys to live. It says, then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. <laughs> Hallelujah. So they faced him. They were unflinching. They knew he could behead them any minute. He could kill them any second. 
But the Bible says they feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt. In your affliction, you are going to get so many directions from people, from yourself, from all, all, all kinds of solutions are going to come. You're going to hear all kinds of voices. But do what these women did. They feared God and they kept their eyes on God and remained unswerving, unflinching. It says, um, God. so God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. There's a reward for your affliction. There's a reward for looking up to God. There's a reward for fearing God. So again, John 16, verse 33, he says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. The same God who helped the midwives overcome the Egyptian Pharaoh, overcome the Egyptians, the same God who gave them the, the, the braveness, the boldness, the audacity to defy Pharaoh in the midst of the affliction, in the midst of, 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 of oppression, of risking their lives, the same God is with you in the midst of your affliction. You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus has overcome the world. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. And because we are in this world, we will face challenges. But Jesus has overcome affliction. He has overcome pain. He has overcome agony. Allow your affliction, permit your affliction to grow you, to water you, to make you shine, to make the beauty in you come out, to empower you, to strengthen you. And I'm not talking about the natural strength or natural empowerment. I'm talking about supernatural strength, supernatural empowerment. The midwives defied Pharaoh. They supported their people. They stood by them. And what happened? They prevailed because they remained steadfast in God. They believed. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 says, who comforts, all, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in affliction? with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. My God. So we're going through this affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in affliction. Just like the midwives, they comforted those women who had to give birth. They were there for them. They held their hands through it and, and they comforted them with, 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 which, with, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. We're comforted by God. So when we're going through our affliction, there's a place to comfort others as well. There's a place to be there for others as well. There's a place to comfort others as well. There's room for us to take care of other people, not just become so, so self-centered about it, not, not wallow in self-pity not only think about ourselves, not allow our, our affliction to make us bitter and angry and hurt others, 
but we comfort them. Even in our affliction, we comfort them. And God sees all this, and He will reward. Okay? So don't wallow in your pain. Don't wallow in self-pity. Allow what you're going through to make you kind, to make you graceful, to make you compassionate, to be helpful to others. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. Believe you me when I say I understand. And sometimes we say, but there's no way that God loves us or that God loves the world. Like if he did, why would all this be happening? Why would we go through all this? You know, if God is love. Let's uh, read um, something in Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3. I'm going to... um, Read from 21 to 27. I'll try to read really fast because it's a lot. And then I'll read Lamentations chapter 3, 31 to 33. So Lamentations chapter 3, 21 to 27 says, I will remember them and my soul is down. Sorry. 21. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. So here it's saying, call something to mind, because when you call this thing to mind, you will have hope. And here is what you should call to mind. Verse 22, because of the Lord's, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassion never fail. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. Wait for God while you have life. Wait for Him. His compassions, His mercies are new every morning. He says, I'm going through all this affliction. If you read the whole chapter, chapter 3, this person was going through hell. My goodness. Read it. Read the whole thing. But he says, in the middle of his hell, he says, because of the Lord's, he says, I'll keep this in mind. Because of the Lord's great love, we will not be consumed. We are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And I'm reading from the New International Version. And then verse um, 30, verse 31 to 33 For no one is cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love, for he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. God doesn't willingly bring affliction or grief. God isn't trying to hurt us. You know, these decisions that we make, these things that we do, we fall into traps, we fall into snares. We fall into things that have been dug for us. We fall into things that, that will hurt us. It's our free will. But then at the end of the day, we say, oh God, why did you do this to me? But how is it God's fault when you used your free will, when I used my free will to get into problems? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Read Lamentations chapter 3. 
It's very painful to read. It's very painful to remember that God is faithful. It's very painful to remember that His compassions are new every morning, that He will never leave us nor forsake us. When we are going through affliction, it's difficult to think about those things. The message version says, again, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 to 24, he says, God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They are created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. He says, I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over again. He's all I've got left. Do you know that feeling? When you know that God is all you have left? All you have left. Friends, family, money, things, everything you've tried have failed you. Who do you have left? Whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, whether you like it or not, God is all that you have left. Turn to him. It says, you know, continuing with the message Bible, God proves to be good to the man who passionately passionately waits. This is why we're talking about being steadfast in your affliction. God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits, to the woman who diligently seeks. It is a good thing to quietly hope, quietly hope for help from God. It is a good thing when you're young to stick it through the hard times. I think when he says that when you're young is that you're alive right now, that you're still here. Right? Because God renews our strength, no matter what our age is. It says in 28 verse 30, it says, When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself, enter the silence, bow in prayer, don't ask questions, wait for hope to appear, don't run from trouble, take it full face, the worst is never the worst. Again, this is Lamentations chapter 3, and I'm reading from the Message Bible. He says, why? Because the master, the master being God, won't ever walk out and fail to return. God isn't going to turn on you and then not come back. He'll give it time. He'll give the affliction time. But then he'll always come back and save you. He'll always come back and rescue you. He'll always come back and be your God. He says, If he works severely, he also works tenderly. So God, sometimes his ways are hard. His ways are difficult, but he's also a very tender God. His his stockpiles of loyal love are immense. He has stockpiles of loyal love, stockpiles of loyal love that are bigger than the affliction, that are bigger than what you're going through now, that are bigger than what I'm going through right now. He takes no pleasure in making life hard in throwing roadblocks in the way. It, it, this, is not some, this is not fun for God. This is not pleasure for God. He doesn't like that we are going through what we're going through. But he knows. He knows that it's good for us. He knows that it's going to help us so that we can carry that eternal glorious weight. So that we can carry the glory that he has for us. So that we can fulfill the supernatural divine purpose, plan and calling that he has for us. So hold on. Hang in there. It's painful, but it refines us. 
And to close, I want to read Isaiah 48 from verse 8 to 11. Hang in there, my friend. Hang in there, my sister. Isaiah chapter 48 from verse 10 to, um, sorry, from verse 8 to 11. It says, I want to see which version. Um, one second, please. Thank you. I'm trying to, um, I have two versions in front of me and I'm looking to see which one I'll read. I'll read from the Message Bible. It says, um, You've never been good listeners to me. You have a history of ignoring me. A sorry track record of fickle attachments. Rebels from the womb. But out of the sheer goodness of my heart, because of who I am, I keep a tight rein on my anger and hold my temper. I don't wash my hands off you. Do you see what I've done? I've refined you, but not without fire. I've tested you like silver in the furnace of affliction. Out of myself, simply because of who I am, I do what I do. I have my reputation to keep up. I am not playing second fiddle to either gods or people. So we make God gets our attention through affliction. He says, I do what I do because I am God. He says, I have my reputation to keep up. I am not playing second fiddle to either God or people. And that's what we do with God. We second fiddle God. Everything else is more important than him. Everything else but God. Anything but God. And we use our free will. He says you've been rebellious from the womb. He says you have never been good listeners to me. You have a history of ignoring me. A sorry track record of fickle attachments. The things we attach to, they're fickle. And what happens? Our lives become sorry because we're not looking toward God. We're looking toward these things. We're looking toward people. And then what happens? Affliction hits us. Trials hit us. You see what's happening here? So we're creating these things. And so God says, he says, I've refined you, but not without fire. God admits to it. He's not denying it. He knows what you're going through and he, he knows the fire. He says, I've tested you like silver in the furnace of affliction. In the furnace of affliction. Imagine that. He says, out of myself, simply because of who I am, I do what I do. I have my reputation to keep up. I have to show you and continually show you that I am God. I am God. I created you. I made you. I built you. I have a plan and a purpose for you. And you're going helter-skelter. You're going yonder. You're going there, here, and everywhere. Sideways, up and down. Nothing 
all these fickle things that you're attached to, all these fickle things that you're attached to yourself, denying my God-likeness, denying the fact that I am God, that I reign. And now, as you, as you attach these fickle things to your life, affliction follows because your decisions are bad. Because your decisions are not according to the plan and purpose that I have for you. These things will fail you. They're fickle. And now you're hurt. And now you're in pain. And now you're agonizing. And now you're oppressed. Now you're really in a bad place. And did I see it? Yes, I saw it. Did I allow it? Yes, I allowed it. But are my compassions new every morning? Yes. Am I still God? Yes. Do I have unconditional love for you? Yes. Will I deliver you? Yes. But as I deliver you, grow. Because I have something better for you than those fickle attachments. I am God. My glory I share with no other. He said he's not playing around. He's not going to play second fiddle to anybody or to anything. So I don't know what you have made God in your life. I need to go look in my, into my own life and make sure that I'm not making anything or anyone God in my life. Because those are fickle attachments. Only he is stable. And all things work together for good for those who love him. And he wants to give us, fill us with the weight of eternal glory. He wants us to walk in the weight of eternal glory. He wants us to lack nothing. He wants us to be complete. So whatever your affliction is today, please take it to him in prayer and supplication. Lay it before him. Surrender to God. If you have surrendered before, maybe it's time to do so again. Surrender to God. Every opportunity to surrender. Surrender to Him. And whatever load of affliction that you carry right now, He knows it, He sees it. Give it to Him and hold on to Him. Please do not take your life. Please do not go and attach to other fickle things, other fickle people that can only do so much that cannot deliver you from your affliction. Please turn to him. The one who created you in the first place, the one who knows you, the one who built you, the one who has a beautiful divine purpose, plan, blueprint, and agenda for you and for the world. God bless you. God keep you. Feel free to write to activate God's purpose at gmail.com activate God's purpose at gmail.com or visit www.activategodspurpose.com I pray to God that as you have listened to this message that you will turn to him that you will surrender to him and you allow you will allow him to begin to activate his glory in your life activate his purpose for your life. Take your eyes off the affliction. Just look at him. Just look toward him. He might seem that he's so angry at you right now that you look at your life and you think there's no way he's going to accept someone like me. Uh, yes, he will. <laughs> yes, he will. <laughs> yes, he will. He is God. That's why he's God. Because he can accept the things that we can't. He can take the kind of people and love them, the kind that we can't. We are unable to. 
His passions, his compassions are new every morning. So turn to him. In your affliction, turn to him. I cannot promise you that your affliction will go away immediately. It might. It might go away in a month, in another year. It depends on what the affliction is, why it's there, and where God is taking you. And how much you're holding on to God. Just stay focused. Remain unswerving, unwavering, unflinching, steadfast. Keep your eyes on him. I know it's excruciating, but wait on him. God bless you. God keep you. I thank you for listening. I thank you for being here. God lift your burden. God break the yoke from your life. God remove the pain. God remove the anguish. God, remove the sorrow. God, remove the sadness from your life. God, touch you and heal you, make you complete, make you whole, lacking nothing. Keep your eyes on him. Keep your love on him because he will turn things around for those who love him and turn things around for your good, for your joy, for your peace, for your strength, for your purpose in life. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Talk to you soon.